Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, hello and happy Monday. Beginning this week off right. It's a sexy way to bring in the Monday. That's what I'm talking about. Leave the door open. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm Shira. Uh, Shar Giselle joins me as my co-host today. Yes. What's going on? Nothing much. I had quite the weekend. I, I was saw. at the 33rd Annual GLAAD Media Awards. It was the first time that GLAAD had their award show in person in the past two years. I was their official correspondent, red carpet correspondent. Amazing. And I, I had some fun. I had some fun. I had a 10-minute conversation with Faye Resnick and Kathy Hilton. Amazing. If you go to my Instagram, I recorded a video this morning kind of talking about it. So you all can check it out. It's on the you know the little IGTV tag. Yeah, and what Shar was wearing was just amazing. Thank also, you. Also, looking really good. And the makeup on point. Thank you. I was serving Everything. hot chocolate, you know, bronze bomb, bombshell caramel delight. It was good. It was good. So I had go a great check it weekend. Out. Goals, definitely. Thank you, Shira. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was great to see you out there and check out Shar Says So on Instagram for that. Uh, but today on the show, we are doing a lot. Of course, we got the Grammys highlights for you, but we, we're talking about the queer Grammy moments, not just every Grammy moment. Uh, we're re- I mean, it wasn't that great, but we'll get there when yeah. we get there. We're recapping the latest episode of Drag Race, and our drag expert, Tony Moore, discusses the return of drag drag sherry pie and if the community will give her another chance Mm. Uh, and also biden is releasing a million barrels of oil a day from reserves so what will that look like for the ballot boxes in november and our wallets today we go in depth next hour but at first one florida teacher has released a memo to help teachers navigate don't say gay but will it work the huffington post joins us in 10 minutes let's get into some what's trending this hour though right now the 64th annual grammy awards happened last night with major wins for silk sonic John Batiste and Olivia Rodrigo. That was actually surprising. Olivia really swept. Yeah, Olivia was nominated for seven Grammys, and I was like, let me get into her music. I didn't get a chance to, but like when she performed, I wasn't that impressed. Like I was like, if I close my eyes, this sounds like Billie Eilish. Like if I, yeah, it's cute. If I were you know at H and M shopping and her record was playing, I would think it was Billie Eilish. Yeah, Uh, the community showed up though in a big way too. Although Lil Nas X performed, he was snubbed in all categories. He did such a great job. I really enjoyed his performance. It was very Jackson esque. Yep, Brandy Carlisle made sure Queer Love was celebrated as she shared a sweet kiss with her wife, Catherine Shepard, on the red carpet. Meanwhile, T.J. Osborne, who came out as gay last year, becoming the first openly gay artist signed to a major country music label, gave a powerful speech about coming out as gay after taking home the Grammy for Best Country Duo Group Performance. For those of you who do not know this song, um, it was written 
really in response to me coming out. And and I never thought that I would be able to do music professionally because of my sexuality. And I certainly never thought I would be here on the stage accepting a Grammy after having done something I felt like was going to be life-changing and potentially in a very negative way. And here I am tonight, not only accepting this Grammy Award with my brother, whom of which I love so much, but I'm here with a man that I love and who loves me back. It's just, I don't know what I did to be so lucky. Thank you. Thanks to the Academy. I love it. Chills. I have to also shout out Laverne Cox, who's the official E! Red Carpet correspondent. She took over for Juliana Rancic. I also have to shout out Billy the Porter, who presented Jasmine Sullivan with her Grammy. Jasmine Sullivan finally won some Grammys last night. And then um, John Batiste, who I believe won Album of the Year. He's the first black person to have to hold this title, I believe, wow. in 14 years. No way. It's insane. Yeah, wow. insane. So it was it was I watched it. To me, it didn't have the star power that I desired. Like Gaga was there, Nas X was there, you know, Billy was there. But I was looking for other people. Like there was no Rihanna, no Beyonce, no mm. like some of the heavy hitters that well, I look for weren't there. Well, they were all just at the uh, Oscars. Yes, is he at the Oscars? Yeah, they don't want to be at the Grammys anymore. They I mean, be well, Beyonce. Oscars. I mean, no one had anything going yeah. on. Like, who's going to Vegas just to sit there? Yep. <laughs> Uh, and finally, billboards popping up in some of Florida's largest cities are encouraging people to say gay. The massive roadside messages are a response to the state's controversial parental rights and education bill, which, of course, DeSantis signed into law last Monday. And the billboards now on display in Orlando, Tallahassee, and Jacksonville were spearheaded by the Southern Progress Political Action Committee, which, according to its website, seeks to, quote, expose the extremist agenda of Republican politicians. We'll be talking more about a loophole that some teachers have discovered with HuffPost in less than 10, like 10 minutes. So stick around for that. Hopefully this incentivizes people to go out and vote. Local elections matter. If you want DeSantis and his nonsense gone, get him up out of there. Mm -hmm. But now it's time for the T-Report. Let's get into it. Lord have mercy, yay! who is formerly known as Kanye West, will no longer be performing at Coachella this year. So sorry if you were planning on going to go see him. He will not be there. He actually dropped out. He was the festival's headliner. Mm. And... uh yeah, he, he he dropped out. Sources connected to Ye tell TMZ that he decided to pull the plug on his performance um, because, and I should mention, Coachella starts next weekend. So people are already revved up and incentivized to go. Um, Travis Scott was supposed to join Kanye on stage, but that's now out of the question. Now, it's unclear exactly why Kanye is pulling out, but uh, he clearly had a few tough months, you know, with the whole Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson, Trevor Noah, all those attacks. I wonder if Coachella is scrambling or if event organizers were already prepared. Because, (laughs) you know, Kanye's already so erratic. Like, were they prepared for, like, in the event that this happens, we'll do this. This happens, we'll do this. like, or are they scrambling like, oh, my gosh, who are we going to tap to headline? I think with him, you got to have some yay insurance. <laughs> yeah. No, really. You got to have some yay insurance. But that is the uh, T-Report for this hour. I got more for you coming up next hour. Stick around. Well, next up, one Florida teacher has released a memo to help teachers navigate Don't Say Gay. But will it work? HuffPost is with us for that next. Florida teachers have found a loophole to the Don't Say Gay bill. The strategy was broken down in a template letter for teachers in Palm Beach County. The right-wing Moms for Liberty organization got a copy of it, posted it on Twitter, and it's now making the social media rounds. Here to share more is Mary Poppenfoos, a HuffPost staff writer. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. 
So tell us more about this memo. Well, interestingly, the word gay does not appear in the don't say gay law. So the, um, the, the, the language of the law is that classroom instruction by school personnel on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur from kindergarten through third grade. Well, everybody has a gender identity and everyone has a sexual orientation. So whoever came up with this memo very creatively points out that we apparently can no longer in Florida speak about anything having to do with uh, gender or sexual orientation. So that would mean, according to this unidentified person came up with this memo, this person is going to refer to all students as they they and them so as not to use the very uh, specific gender identifiers of as he and she. Um, also, no more Mr. and Mrs. Teacher. And a, a lot of Twitter people wrote in that, you know, okay, so there's no boys and girls signs on bathrooms anymore. What about sports? Do they Can they be divided by gender? Um, so it's just, like, extremely creative. And it was a great learning experience for me. It was like, duh, you know, they're absolutely right that um, – the, the language of the law is specifically vague, so it avoids unconstitutional issues. But then consequently, it affects everyone. So Moms for Liberty wanted people to stand up against this, and actually the responses were overwhelmingly against Moms for Liberty, saying, well, you know, you bought it, you, yes. you, bought, you, know, you bought it, you live with it. And somebody said, oops, I treaded on myself. So, so this I mean, is... You can't, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, this is, now that you're breaking this down, I'm getting a full, you know, I'm able to zoom out and get a full picture of this, because essentially what you're saying is lawmakers shot themselves in the foot by being so vague that their law that was signed in, it affects cisgender heterosexual people as well. Like, we're not talking any gender, we're not talking any sexuality, no boys' bathroom, no girls' bathroom, no boys to the left, girls to the right. We're just keeping everything neutral, they, them, and how will teachers be addressed? Well, I don't know. Teacher one and teacher two, I don't know. <laughs> right, so, you know, if you can't teach Heather has two mommies, how can you teach uh, Dick and Jane? Right. You know, because Jack clearly... And <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, clearly Dick and Jane's mom is our heterosexual couple. Oh, sexual orientation. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's really clever, and I think it's they used it as a great teaching moment. You know, it's like saying... You can't teach race in class. Oh, but we don't mean whites. You know, right. it's the same kind of. It's the same kind of thing. It's like one set of rules for us yeah. and different rules for because they assume the default right. would be if this were race. They assume the default would be white, sex. and for gender and sex, mm, they assume the yeah. default would be white and straight. Exactly. It's like somehow and that's sis. another echelon completely. Like uh-huh. heteronormative is. We're not even talking about that. We're just talking about other gender identities. There are rules for you, but just not rules for me, as long as I'm comfortable right. with it. Welcome and to it's America. What, what, what was normal, quote unquote. <laughs> Mary Poppenfuss joins us right now, HuffPost staff writer. And, and so you have been reporting about this. What have been your biggest surprises in all of this? Uh, I don't know. I, can't, I can say that Florida never surprises me. But I have to say, when I <laughs> stumbled across this memo, I mean, it was an epiphany for me. I thought, you know, it really underscores how cemented our perspectives are. Mm. Because when they start talking about this, you think, of course, they're talking about, you know, gays or transgender. But you step back and you say, oh, yeah, we're all in the same boat. You know, everybody has a gender identity and a sexual orientation. <clears throat> so this is right. 
biting these people on the ass, if I may use that word. Oh yeah, you can. So where do you see this? Where do you see this going? Uh, do you see the the right kind of? In what ways can they fight back? If this is their language, this is the law that they put on the books. Is there a way that they can fight back against people being neutral with everything? Well, there is a lawsuit now saying that it's unconstitutional, but um, I don't know how they can fight back because if they make it more specific, of course, it's unconstitutional language. Right. They're they're targeting a population and making different rules for them. So they've got to stick with it. It would be great if a group of teachers started to do this and were represented by the ACLU or someone, but I don't know. I, I feel bad for teachers. They're on the ramparts of this cultural war right now and everything is so anti-education and anti-illumination which is amazing because we need educators more than ever before and you know we we need uh, children are our saving grace right and we need to make sure they are put in a place that they won't be traumatized in the future or you know we talk about mental health um, issues that are popping up more in adults but they're popping up actually more in kids and you would think that folks would see the connection here as well. Right. We're supposed to be anti-bullying in schools, but what is this? It's just setting up bullying. And I really feel like what's happening in this country and the way the elections are going, it comes back to education. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. this great dumbing down of America. Yeah. Well, you said, all right, Mary Poppenfus again, HuffPost staff writer. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Sure. My pleasure. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast well a groundbreaking report by the national academy of sciences on how to best gather information on gender and sexuality says gender identity not biological sex should be the default data collected and reported so this is a, a big new revelation and could change a lot. Here to share more is Jasmine Mithani, data visual reporter for the 19th. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Craig. Happy to be here. Yeah, so tell us more about how they landed on this. Yes. So one of the things that um, this report has is a really extensive set of research evaluating all the different kinds of ways people have asked questions about gender and sexuality and why those change based on the different contexts. So one thing that they found is that a lot of the times social identity is more important than actual, like, biological sex characteristics, and that is usually what facilitates discrimination and what has a larger effect on social determinants of health. So that's why they concluded that gender is a better marker to collect than sex. Now, in what ways uh, will integrating these new metrics help researchers and research programs better evaluate the, the needs of LGBTQ people? So up until this point, data gathering has been completely different survey to survey. For instance, one survey might have asked about gender, another about sex, and then people answer the different surveys in different ways. And it's hard to then come to any large conclusions, especially when you're looking at data over time. So this first step of naming, measuring, um, and then making it a standard across different clinical and research contexts means that it even just facilitates analyzing um, the unique health needs. Definitely. And this report was funded by the Department of Health and Human Services. So with that, I'm assuming it's going to be taken pretty seriously as we move forward. Yeah, um, I believe uh, 19 different um, sections of the NIH uh, co-funded this report as well. Um, And they're really hoping that it'll set a a standard for federal data collection guidelines going forward. If you're just now tuning in, we're talking to Jasmine Mithin. Am I Mithani, excuse me, who's a data visual? Uh, It's actually Mithani. It's it's Mithani? Uh, Mitani. Mitani, I apologize, who's a data (laughs) and visual reporter for the 19th. Now, how soon can we see these metrics or this type of data collection be implemented into society where people will really be making decisions based off of this? So um, I spoke with the NIH, um, their Department of uh, Sexuality and Gender Research, and they said that they're working on disseminating the guidelines and also Mm. figuring out technical assistance. They didn't provide an actual... Um, date for when they're going to start rolling everything out. And since it's a large um, organization with many different parts, and I think also one thing is that different data is collected in different contexts, um, I think it'll be hard to pin down exactly when they are going to adopt the standard overall, but they've certainly started taking measures in order to um, implement this. Yeah. Now, the the panel did recommend certain language for gender identity. Can you share what they came up with? Yeah. So the um, uh, th- there's one question for um, asking about. Uh, so actually, the gender identity question is two questions. The first question asks about sex that is assigned at birth, and then the next question asks about you know 
male, female, or transgender. And the reason that they have that two-step protocol is to capture people who um, might um, just, who are transgender, but might not choose that as their primary gender identity. Okay, because then they also added uh, to spirit, right? And and why is that important? That's cultural. Yeah, to spirit is, um, yeah, a, a term used um, for uh, indigenous American Indian um, sexualities and genders. It is uh, important to note that it's sort of um, a conglomerate term. Uh, you know, uh, each uh, specific you know tribe or culture has their own uh, terms um, that they use. Um, and uh, two spirit, the way that they include it is it is only asked when, or rather, it's recommended to only be asked when the uh, person responding to the survey has indicated that they are Native American or American Indian um, in order to, you know, keep that cultural um, context and also provide the most accurate data possible. And, and just quickly, as we wrap up, where does non-binary or intersex come into this? Yeah, so um, non-binary is not named explicitly. Um, you know, it's when um, the options that they recommend um, for that second part of the two-step process are, um, you know, male, female, or transgender, and that's where um, non-binary would go under. Um, and then uh, for intersex, they added, um, uh, they did some research on questions. It's very new. Um, so they have a recommendation um, for how to ask about that and only to ask about it in like really particular contexts because of how sensitive and, um, you know, uh, personal uh, medical history related that question is. Okay, well, really fascinating stuff. That was Jasmine Matani, data visual reporter for the 19th. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, next up, how a trip to the bank may help your relationship. Okay, money. That's next. (laughs) Do you think it's okay or good for your relationship to open a bank account together? No. Short answer, no. Well, it seems to be the opposite, according to a new study from the journal Personality and Social Psychology. Couples who willingly got their money together in a bank account demonstrated more positive interactions and evidence of clear communication than those who didn't. No. Um, (laughs) I am from the school of, I I totally disagree with this. I think it's because my mom and my aunts uh, come from that that train of thought that a woman, even if a woman does do something like this, you always got to have a separate, you always got to have a secret, a woman should always have a secret (laughs) stash of money. Really. I I hear you on that, but that's not even just for the man. That's in general. You should always have your own money if you have a business yes anything like that don't put everything in one basket well i was saying i know that that was very nuanced and specific to cisgender heterosexual relationships but that is something that has always been like modeled and i would i don't see myself i mean granted i don't have a boyfriend currently but i just don't think this would be a smart idea i don't know if i'd be interested in something like this and sharing an account now shira i know you and your man uh share a credit card which is something that i've that's not uncommon but that was new to me i've never done that and i've been with different people for many years (laughs) and lived with them and this is the first time we did it one we did it for points Mm -hmm. you know being practical about it 
And it actually is helpful because he's much more organized with finances. And so it, it's been helpful for me to get that support. To Like, he'll tell me, he's like, oh, it seems like you're spending a bit more <laughs> this month. Like, and, and do you want to look at stuff? Even still, you have to be careful with that. If you're attaching your name to a credit card of someone else, they could ruin your credit. Well, no, he's more responsible than I am. But and I'm he's saying, proven that. Yeah, you have I'm to make saying, sure. I'm saying, like, they can ruin your credit. They can affect your credit score. Actually, he helped increase because his credit is better. But I'm saying, Shira, like, if you decided you just want to go rogue totally. and go on a shopping spree. Well, that's the thing. We had to have a conversation. <laughs> he said, I... I will do this, but you have to promise to pay on time. This, that, like, if that didn't happen, that would have definitely. But we can't also remove from this. I don't have the exact statistic in front of me, but money is also isn't that the source of all divorces? Yep. Like, uh-huh. mo- like over fifty percent of divorces in the United States is money based, is fiscally based. Yeah. So which is it? Are people thriving or are they separating? So I think when you don't have enough money to do things, then. It causes stress because then you're, I think you're wanting someone well, to find a solution, a person. but then you're fi- wanting one of the, it's hard when you're both not doing well. Right. And then when someone's doing well, unless you're very clear and you have like very clear boundaries or understanding compassion, one person can get resentful. There's power dynamics with money. I, I must say that most men that I've been involved with, oh, this is embarrassing. I have been, I've had the better resume and I've outperformed them oh. and earned more money. Like, you know, I just can see I see how people could get resentful, especially if I earn more than you. But I'm down at Channel Q for doing a four hour shift and you're out having lunch with the boys with our joint bank account saying you're a treat. And it's my money. Yes. I think there needs to be an understanding <laughs> there. And depending on, what, like, if that person does something that you don't do, if like, it depends yeah. on what they do in the relationship, what they offer. But in the end, they're saying if the, you have a joint bank account, this is where I think it makes sense. If you have a vacation bank account or you have a goal together of like, we want to buy this thing for our house, we're going to okay. create a bank account where you both contribute in that. Yeah, that makes sense versus just your, your regular Everything. comings and goings. Yeah, because people, people think that one person prioritizes, someone else is going to look totally. at as silly. And totally. so that's always going to create a breeding ground for conflict. Totally. So I'm against it, though. Okay, well, maybe try first step a credit card. Uh-uh. And then see how I don't, that works. I don't care what the numbers, statistics, or the article says. I'm not for it. Good luck out there, you all. <laughs> well, coming up, the best moments from the Glad Media Awards. We've got you covered with more next. Yes, we're back. And stick around for more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Right now, we've got some more show for you. Uh, Biden is releasing a million barrels of oil a day. So what will that look like for the ballot boxes in November and our wallets today? I mean, have you been getting gas lately? What does it look like for the environment? And yes, that I've been too. getting gas. <laughs> what Have you been paying crazy amounts? Yeah, I have. I have. I remember yeah. once upon a time, 30 bucks filled up my Prius. Now what? Child, I don't even know. I, well, I don't let my car so, get to E. Okay. I kind of like when it's at a quarter tank, it's like I treat yeah. that like it's E. Totally. That's smart. So, uh... My partner drove to Nevada over the weekend, and Ooh. he said the lowest was like, f- I think he found 430 somewhere near, uh, yeah, like near Nevada, like outside of Reno, maybe somewhere Rural. random. Um, and then he said the highest was near Mammoth, and it was 730. 
We're feeling it everywhere. I was just telling producer Justin, I'm looking for a plane ticket to Nashville next month from LAX oh, yeah. to Nashville. Air, yeah, and it's ranging also. anywhere from like 800 round trip to like 1200. That's wild. That was so, like a trip to Europe. Yeah, that I could do a lot or with that money. Thailand or something. I could yeah, do a lot. Crazy. I can't believe that. Like, but you, I don't know. Anyway. I just hate all of this. Well, <laughs> we're going to get in depth on that in 10 minutes. And plus, uh, why Cardi B deleted her Twitter account. Shara's got you covered with the T Report. Let's get into somewhat trending this hour though right now as we mentioned the 33rd annual glad media media awards returned in person to the beverly hilton on saturday night of course Shar was there covering everything i sure was uh, but hacks won a lot it seems yeah johnny sibley was there that's my boo thing amazing and accepted the award with the cast it was great yeah they've been killing it uh, most of the cast is from the community, of course, it stars Gene Smart. I've not gotten into the really show yet. it's a really good show. Oh my gosh! Well, sure, you don't watch TV, so I of do. course you haven't. It's like I act like I'm disconnected. Hacks it's, is so good. <laughs> Hacks is one of the best new shows that I've seen in the last few years. If I'm being honest, on my flight, I did watch Coda. Ooh. Did you have you watched it? I've never seen Coda. It's but see, a I'm, movie that just I'm won the Oscars. A, well, I know because I watched the Oscars. You did. I'm just letting you know. I watched the clips. I'm more of a, I'm more of a TV girl than I am film. But oh, I'm familiar okay. with Coda and Marley Matlin and the American Sign Language. Yes. Other big Hollywood winners at the Glad Awards uh, were Saved by the Bell from Peacock, Eternal, Single All the Way, Hulu's Changing the Game, um, and a tie for VH1's RuPaul's Drag Race and HBO's were here. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Casey Musgraves got the Vanguard Award. She looked great. And Michaela J. Rodriguez was honored with the Stephen F. Kolzak Award from Andrew Garfield. And here's her acceptance speech. You know, when a child is loved, whether you're LGBTQA or not, it makes all the difference. When you tell your queer child that you love them, they think, I love me too. I thank all the parents in Texas. Florida, Idaho, Arizona, and all around the world who are standing up to fear and ignorance and grounding their LGBTQAI children in love and acceptance. You know, um, mm. I interviewed uh, Michaela J, oh, and did. yeah, we're, we're friendly, we're familiar, we're both Capricorns, whoop whoop, but what I find so interesting is that she's not going by MJ Rodriguez anymore, and she's not yeah. even going by Michaela J Rodriguez, she just is going by Michaela J, so she's in the midst of a, oh. of a rebrand right now, and I love that for her. Okay, uh, moving on, Tesla's CEO Elon Musk acquired a 9% stake in Twitter Terrifying. to become its largest shareholder at a time when he is questioning the social media platform's focus on free speech and the First Amendment. This is terrifying with an upcoming election. We do not need Elon Musk getting in there uh, hitting buttons and tempering and tampering with stuff. Yes, according to ABC News, it's unclear when he bought this stake in the company. A U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filing made that public today, saying that it's triggering the filing happening on March 14th. His stake meets the criteria for being a long-term passive investor, and he's looking to minimize buying and selling of the shares. So this is interesting, yes, considering he's been very outspoken about that. How will that influence a platform? We will see. I'm sure in, in detrimental ways. Now, from one Afro-Latina to another, we went from Michaela J, and now we're talking Belkalis Almanzar. And if you don't know who that is, that's Cardi B. And it is time for this hour's Tea Report. Now, mm-hmm. Cardi B abruptly deleted her Twitter last night, Sunday night, after engaging in heated digital debate with other Twitter t- tweeters about her not attending 
last night's Grammys. Now, I don't understand why Cardi continues to do this. She is a superstar. I don't understand. I, I understand that that people respond as we saw Will Smith with Chris Rock. People have boiling points, but Cardi is always in some type of social media mess. Like, girl, you are Cardi B. Just put your phone down and walk away. Or, you know, what is it called when you offload the app? You don't delete it off your phone, but you offload it for a few hours. Uh, Well, I guess fans started, well, I'm going to use air quotes for fans, started attacking her because she was nominated for one Grammy and chose not to show up. And Cardi, you know how Michelle Obama says, when they go low, we go high. Well, Cardi said, you know, when they go low, we go to hell because she started tweeting saying that she hoped people's moms die. Oh, my God. (laughs) And all different There's this clip of of her with this, like, this mindfulness spiritual coach and he's like let it go or like die and he's like die all you like she was i need to get that clip yeah i mean i love cardi i love her music but i need her to get a grip and get it together because it's not that serious girl just put your phone down you are cardi b now that's the t report for this hour you want to keep it here because next hour a shaws of sunset star who i used to have a crush on is in some hot water and and i'm angry about it okay when they go low you just go away boundaries oh god (laughs) this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Biden administration is saying it plans to release, I mean, an unprecedented amount of oil from the U.S. Reserve to combat the recent spike in gas and diesel prices. So will this make a difference for him when it comes to the midterms coming up? And of course, more importantly, our wallets. Well, here to share more is Scott Montgomery, affiliate faculty in the Jackson School of International Studies and in Earth and Space Sciences at the University of Washington. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. So how big of a deal is this? What is Well, it's a very, very big deal in terms of uh, the strategic petroleum reserve history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never released anything like this. Uh, 50 million were was the record number, and that was done uh, earlier this year. Now it's 180 million. Uh, No one really knows, or knew, I should say, uh, what impact this was going to have. It seems to be um, significant enough to uh, have brought down prices for a couple of days, but uh, prices are back up uh, today um, on the global market and in uh, in the U.S. market. So it's it's unclear whether this by itself uh, will make a big difference in our wallets going forward and in the, perhaps the politics of oil in the United States. Hmm. Wow. Well, well, what are I guess my question is, what are some of the origins like what is the origins of this petroleum reserve? OK, that's a, an excellent question. Um, so this uh, the 
The uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the SPR, was first established in 1975 in the wake of the first oil shock or oil crisis. Uh, and that was part of, a, uh, uh, of uh, the wealthy countries of um, Europe and the U.S., Japan, um, at the time, and South Korea later, getting together and trying to decide what to do to prevent another crisis that would catch people completely uh, unprepared and creating a large national stock of oil and then also demanding that uh, companies do this also uh, privately uh, was one of the big policy recommendations, and that was done. The original idea was that you had enough for 90 days of oil use. Uh, The U.S. and Japan and some others have it for about over 100 days. It varies, Um, but we're drawn down a little bit now. Um, But it started that long ago, Um, but it has never been used to this degree. Okay. Scott Montgomery again joins us from the University of Washington. So now that this happens, how will it impact all of us? And do you think he's doing this because, well, obviously it's needed, but also knowing what's coming up with the election? Yes, of course. Uh, the, the strategic reserve has been used for political uh, and economic um, uh, reasons all along. Mm-hmm. So this is not a surprise. Uh, I will, I, my opinion is, is that um, this is a large enough so that it will make a difference if the other countries who are having a, a special emergency meeting, this is the International Energy Agency in Paris, if they also agree to a significant release from their individual uh, oil stocks. Now, they're meeting this week. They met on Friday, uh, and the word is that they haven't quite figured out who's going to increase their own releases uh, to the global market. But if they do a significant number, let's say 50 or 60 million barrels themselves, this that could make a difference on top of the Biden one. Um, there is also the possibility that uh, another 1 million barrels a day or up to 1.5 million barrels a day could be released if the Iran nuclear deal were to be signed, uh, let's say, within the next several weeks. And all of those or those three different sources of new oil could make a significant difference and maybe bring the price down uh, up up to $20 or something. But that's a guess. Uh, We have to remember that oil companies, you know, no one controls the price. It's it's bid up and down uh, on the stock market, on the commodity exchanges. So there's a psychological dimension to all this as well. Um, So predicting oil crisis, excuse me, predicting oil prices, you know, everybody's crystal ball is made of glass. (laughs) So really quickly, because we got to wrap, how will, you know, with U.S. exports, uh, how will this affect the imports and possible sanctions? There's a lot going on in Ukraine that's affecting oil, uh, excuse me, um, fuel prices. How will this affect U.S. imports and exports? Uh, It will... um it will pretty much uh, take care of uh, the uh, the banning of Russian um, uh, oil imports and uh, and liquefied natural gas. 
but again, it is not clear that that uh, how much effect this will have going forward on um, on the global market uh, and on uh, and on prices uh, of uh, fuels for consumers. Um, no one really knows, uh, and so we'll have to see what other events take place. It does appear that this move by itself is very significant, but not significant enough to cure the problem. Great. Okay. Scott Montgomery. Again. <laughs> it's a great cure. I mean, does that mean, like, yeah, I just wanted to know, are we seeing a few dollars under? Like, are we going to get back to normal? Um, it doesn't look like it anytime soon. So what's the point? Would, what's the I point would guess, I would guess later in the year. Yes. But oh, okay. uh, that's not good. That's not good news for everyone, I know. Definitely. Yeah, that's going to affect my hot girl summer later in the yeah. year. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry about that. I wish I, could, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, Thank wish I you. could make it better. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate uh, you. Scott Montgomery, again, uh, affiliate faculty in the Jackson School of International Studies and in Earth and Space Sciences at University of Washington. Appreciate it. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. Well, next up, should there be an age limit to coming out? One lawmaker seems to think so. Are you ready for this? No. No, that's next. I could while away the hours. So should there be an age limit for people coming out? Well, one Republican congresswoman seems to think so. And this is the perfect song for her. (laughs) There you go. Colorado Republican U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert, who uh, not surprisingly is a supporter of Florida's Don't Say Gay bill, has now proposed that queer and trans people should remain closeted until reaching a designated level of maturity. I have uh, to say that Lauren Boebert is one of those politicians who seems like a plant, for one. And for two, just as the casual observer, I personally do not believe that she believes anything that comes out of her mouth. She is a literal parrot to me. She doesn't seem, <laughs> you know, fired up. She just seems like a parrot. Yeah. Like she takes notes and it's like, oh, I'm going to tear them up with this one. Someone's writing these like a ghostwriter. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tweeted on April 1st, we require people to be 21 to purchase alcohol beverages, 21 to purchase tobacco products. Why is it so unreasonable to require people to reach a certain level of maturity before making life-altering decisions about their sexuality and identity? Happy April Fool's Day! That was April 1st. Unfortunately, it's not. She could be 18 to go fight for this country, so which is it? Yeah. You know, 16 to get a driver's license. To me, that's just such a, a dumb comparison to make because they are false equivalencies you are who you are so don't date until you're you know 18 21 don't even look at anything you know that could show straight people either doing anything just let's cancel all the disney movies with princesses and princesses getting married we'll see that can't see that that's the thing like our guest said that we spoke to um, they cannot, there's certain language, they cannot hone in on one specific group because then it's deemed unconstitutional and a clear violation on human rights. So they have to keep things vague, but they don't realize, like I mentioned, they're shooting themselves in the foot because guess what? Heterosexual is a sexual identity. Boyfriend, girlfriend, mommy, daddy, husband, wife, thats it's all the same. So I guess we're getting rid of all of it. Exactly. Well, speaking of shooting themselves in the foot, uh, a lot of people pointed out the hypocrisy, including when it comes 
comes to gun ownership for minors, oh, as well as her personal history. One person yeah, pointed out- Yeah, was she arrested? Was she incarcerated? Uh, uh, I I need to look into that before well, I say anything. Her, well, I can tell you her husband was arrested for um, a misdemeanor for mm. exposing himself to underage children. Oh, oh that's wow. fun. Yeah. That's a turn on. That's fun. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 That's totally fine if you're under 21. Apparently. It's definitely on brand for the direction that that party is heading in right now. So it I'm, sounds like she might have she, bigger fish to fry than worried about what LGBTQ plus people are doing. She was the one who posted a picture around the holidays of her with her kids all holding firearms. Not just firearms, a, assault no, rifles. A, uh, yeah, AR... AR-15. Which 15s, no one yeah. needs. No one needs. No one, no civilian needs an assault rifle. And that's, <laughs> that is, I'll, I won't stop talking about that till I'm blue in the face. Like, so, uh, no yeah. civilian needs that gun. Someone posted, I highly doubt that you made the decision to be a straight woman after you turned 21. <laughs> so, uh, this is just so ridiculous. We can't even point that out enough here. But the, the problem is, is that people do look at people like this as a guidance for what should be happening. She's a vote in Congress. She has she's, a, she's no. a vote in Congress. These people are not the, the, the measure scale on moral authority. They are corrupt. They are hypocrites. They are backwards. So anyone who's looking at them for guidance, as you say, Shira, is clearly not doing adequate research. Well, there is a Democrat looking to face Boebert in November's election who is a gay man who actually went viral with his campaign video calling out her extreme views. Alex Walker's video shows fecal matter falling from the skies. Yeah, listen to this. It it shows that falling from the skies, and it ends with him declaring Colorado needs a bull, not a bull esser. Can I say that word No, 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 no. Okay, that's what I thought. (laughs) You thought you could say bull, the, the full BS. word. BS, bull esser. <laughs> <laughs> You're so Canadian. Well, how far would you go to prove that you were being cheated on? Mm. Uh, I'm going to tell you what this one woman did in this video that she posted went viral on TikTok to the point where she actually took down her account. Really? Yes. Was she getting harassed or something? I mean... Well, let's get into it. I want to know what you think of what she did. Okay, Shira, don't raise my blood pressure today. You know, that's what I do. (laughs) This uh, 27-year-old Jasmine Meachin describes herself as the queen of most horrible dating experiences. Well, that's pretty good. I hope she's going to therapy for that. Well, why would she claim and affirm that? Yeah, all right. Uh, So she says, uh, and she writes this on her video, me thinking about the time I had a gut feeling my now ex-boyfriend was still in love with his ex-girlfriend. So what did she do? She made a fake Instagram with this person's picture, the ex-girlfriend, as a profile picture and messaged him, pretending she was her. He confessed his dumb. feelings for her and told her he was going to break up with the, her, his with, girlfriend, with, yeah. who was her, because he never stopped loving his ex. What I don't understand, and allow me to interject with this, is I feel like if someone did this to me, I feel like there's certain speech patterns, certain verbiage, certain ways that people type that would indicate to me that this is a fake account. On top of that, if he got feelings for her, I'm assuming that he might still have her phone number. So if an account comes to me from someone I used to be involved with and it's got two followers and following 60 people and they telling me, you know, baiting me into confessing my feelings, I'm going to smell a rat. 
that's you know common sense but you know what you said this girl was 27 so I'm assuming that her man is in his 20s too which means stupidity these are <laughs> younger ways of doing things by the way I said the account was down it's actually the video is now down oh okay you know I just wanted to be clear about that uh, so she's gotten a lot of comments one person said genius well, not really genius but pretty smart savage as it gets right <sighs> here so the thing about this as you kind of mentioned this is something it's, from Mari it's like if you already think this is happening like one you know like how much trust do you have right Right. you have to do this go this far out of your way right at that point why don't you just either communicate how you feel and if those feelings don't go away maybe you're not in the right relationship right if they're not creating a a space of safety but in your 20s you're not thinking about that a lot of people don't think about that read the book attached you evolve into that at least i know that i did in my 20s i was having a good time thinking I was in fruitful relationships, but I was not. I I really was not. But this is something, I mean, I don't know if this shows an insecurity, but it's like, sister, if you think that this man is still in love with his ex, he probably, maybe entertain the thought that he is. Like, why even set yourself up to to be mapping all of this out? Let's not blame the woman for the bad behaviors of a man. However, at a a certain point, we get to take accountability. If, If you're saying you're the queen of dating drama... I hope you get some support, too, because, you know, maybe don't attract that. And as that. the ex, now, why am I in it? That's what I'd be thinking. If somebody stole my picture and was playing oh, and yeah. creating <laughs> profiles and stuff, I'd be like, now, why am I in it? Don't bring me in the middle the, of this. The ex has probably gone on and lived her is living her life, probably in a totally different situation. Or so, maybe not. You never know. Well, if she still has feelings for him, I'm assuming that they would eventually well, anyway, rekindle. Yes. Uh, let us know. If you would go this far. This is far, mess. It is messy. I don't think I've, I've never done, I've never gone this far. I have looked at some partners' phones, though. Which, I have to. Yeah, I know. It's but not it my best moment. But it was when I was younger. Exactly. It's not my best moment. Now, even when I get the urge to or like look at my partner as he's saying his password, I'm like, my right away, I'm like, I'll oh, check this, like, you know, watch. Yeah. And then I have but to don't. say, you know what? That's not a healthy thing to do. It's not. Okay, well, there you go. At LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. If you want to let us know what you think, slide it into our DMs. We always love hearing from you. But next up, Randy Rainbow takes on Ron DeSantis. We'll be playing that clip next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest yes we're back and it's shira but char giselle is here filling in for ryan oh you sound so excited char giselle <laughs> i am i'm having a good monday finally got some rest after traveling for the past month i'm having a good monday because this is my first day off well when when we wrap the show my off time starts i've been working two consecutive weeks weeks straight including weekends Including weekends. So I'll be able to sit. I got one interview tomorrow with the New York Times. Mind your business. You'll see when it drops. Okay. And then I'm done. But go ahead. Top of the hour. Hi, guys. Welcome back. (laughs) We are. Well, hello, y'all. You know, you want to be inclusive on Channel Q. Yeah. Some people take offense to hi, guys. I try not to do that. Oh, girl, I try not to say the G-U-S word. Do you try not to say the (laughs) C-H-I-C-K-S word? (laughs) 
Okay. Spells chicks. I was like, spells what? chicks. <laughs> Actually, I'm aware of that. I have oh. done that. I used to be very, as if I'm a surfer from I've had the to beach. Yell it. I've yelled chicks at Chicks and dudes. I'm like, hey, She's dude. been like, that one chick. And I'm like, excuse that me? That one woman. <laughs> that one goddess. Okay. We are recapping the latest episode of Drag Race. And our drag expert, Tony Moore, discusses the return to drag of Jer- uh, Sherry Pie. And if the community oh, will give God. her another chance. That is in 10 minutes. But let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. The Iowa Supreme Court ruled Friday to uphold most of a 2019 jury verdict that decided the state had discriminated against a transgender state prison nurse when it would not allow him to use the men's locker rooms or restrooms at the facility. Mm. The prison also denied him access to gender-affirming surgery because of his gender identity. Uh, So the decision is also a win for Jesse Vro, the former nurse, at the Iowa Mitchellville Prison for Women, the jury awarded him $120,000 in damages for emotional distress. And the high court upheld that award, as well as the payment of $348,000 to cover his attorney's fees. Excuse me, are both of these people trans? Yes. So why? So Jesse's at the women's prison, but is Jesse's pronouns he, him? Yeah. It's oh. a prison state nurse. Oh, okay, trans Okay, yeah. I got confused because I was about to say, I know he ain't sitting up here misgendering so nobody. So you can work somewhere. Yeah, right, exactly. he's, he's a trans man. Yes. I'm okay. Now, Randy Rainbow, you know, that viral star who also, by the way, has been problematic in the past. Oh, he sure uh, has. But, you know, he is continuing <laughs> right now and he has he has apologized, but he is Ooh. now standing up for his community, uh, saying something that the newly forbidden, that is newly forbidden in the state of Florida, thanks to the signing of the Don't Say Gay Bill. Here's a bit of his latest video. I said it. I'm gay. You can bet it's a badge that I wear with a fabulous flag. Cause I'm gay, 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 gay. Sorry, honey, I'm gay. As a drag queen's brother. And although you might think that I'm flawed, hey, I'm gay as a Broadway premiere. All your thinly veiled hate is a dangerous trend. You get the point. That hurt my ears for a second, so I apologize, but it's uh, pretty witty. You know, that song sounds like I can easily hear that on Netflix's animated series Big Mouth or their sister series yeah. Human Resources. If you've ever I know you haven't watched it, Shira. Producer Justin, have Which you one? watched it? Uh, I have seen some episodes of Big Mouth, yes. Can't you hear that on Big Mouth? Oh, definitely. Netflix's oh, animated series Big I've Mouth. I've heard it. I haven't seen it. Well, I know that, girl. Well, yes. So uh, <laughs> go check that out on Randy Rainbow's social media right now. Always poking fun at the things. Finally, U.S. Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson picked up the support of two more Republican senators today. And uh, she, of course, will cement her confirmation this week as the first black woman to serve on the nation's highest court. Senators Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney announced that they will vote for Jackson, joining Republican Senator Susan Collins, who made her support clear last week. Now, according to the Associated Press, Democrats plan to vote to discharge Jackson's nomination from the committee tonight and then will launch a, quote, series of procedural steps in the coming days to wind it through the 50-50 Senate. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he will set in motion the process that will lead to a final Senate vote later this week to confirm Jackson. So that is very exciting. I'm looking forward to that, honestly. Yep. Let's get into the tea report. Let's do it. You know, this is something I was so disappointed, but I have to say I was not surprised. I have been watching the Shahs of Sunset over on Bravo since it premiered, even though I've kind of trickled off. But those first two seasons, I had a big crush on Mike. 
But Mike, we've seen, has, is like an F-boy supreme. And most recently, it just surfaced, and this is obtained by the New York Post and TMZ, that on March 27th, he was arrested for a domestic dispute. Now, it can, uh, the Los Angeles Police Department confirmed Monday that West Valley officers responded to a call of unknown trouble approximately at 10 p.m. local time. Now, Mike is 43. He was arrested for, quote, intimate partner violence with injury. How disgusting. How disgusting. This is upsetting. Um, Which an LAPD public information officer explained is another legal term for domestic violence. It's used when there is, quote, visible injury to the victim. Now, he was given a $50,000 bond and and held until 6.35 a.m., at which point he was released after paying the money. But he's due in court on July 25th. We'll see how this unfolds. Of course, reps have been tight-lipped about this. I wonder what Bravo's going to do. There's been a lot of controversy amongst the, what are they called, the Bravo celebrities. Mm-hmm. But something like this, a domestic dispute where they're saying that there's proof of injury, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to Mike? I guess we'll wait and see. What That's the T report for this hour. Coming up next hour, find out how ridiculous people are being about Will Smith while also turning a, an active blind eye to real abusers. Uh, oh. Stick around for that. Okay, next up, we've got the RuPaul Drag. Drag Race recap with our favorite Tony I Moore. It was the recap. The recap. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> Stick around for that and more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The world is your yep, we are back with our weekly recap, and Tony Moore, as always, brings us all the highlights and lowlights. Welcome back to the show. Hey, it's a cheeky Monday, as always. And by the way, Shara's here with me here. Hi, Tony. Hi. For like the fourth or fifth time during this drag race season, why nobody here on Mondays? <laughs> you know, my, but, listen, know. but guess what? You there? I, uh, hello, That's all that matters. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what went down on Friday. It seems like Bosco keeps getting, you know, the what's it called? The gold chocolate. <laughs> the, the yeah, the 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 gold bar. The gold bar. <laughs> I like to yeah, say it's chocolate, yeah. pretending it's chocolate or something. But yeah, wh- why does everyone love Bosco? And it seems like they're getting the most wins this season. So is she a front runner? I mean, I've always put Bosco as like one of the one of the top people. Um, Bosco has definitely like popped up and like really stepped up, but. You know, she has had the past couple of weeks have kind of like been like a, a shaky moment for for her. But I think, you know, as George has put it, being in the bottom three times in one episode, um, I think that definitely lit a fire under her and, and had to 
she had to remind herself, like, hey, I'm in this competition and I need to, like, step it up. And this week she did because she ended up winning. Now, see, while George is running her mouth, uh, we saw three three queens, uh, George's Daya and Deja, that were lip syncing for their life on the most recent episode. Now, has this ever happened before where it's been three queens singing, you know, lip syncing for their life? And what did you think about this? Um, I think there was only one other time, um, but I think that was like at the beginning of, I want to say season 12 or 13. I don't remember ever there being like three queens that had to lip sync, but you knew the second that Rue said, all of you are up for elimination, you knew that there was about to be another stunt and show, <laughs> which meant that two of them were going home. But I always feel like when there's three people lip syncing, you really have to like bring it. Because now you're not only going against just one other person, you're going against two other people. And if you don't stand out, you may be uh, sashaying away. Yeah, well, do you think that set them up for failure? I don't think it's, I think it's, it's, again, it's one of those moments where you got to step up or go home. And if you can't step up and and shine through, you know, two other people who are on the stage with you, then yeah, you might need to uh, pack your bags and return back to the hotel. But it wasn't one person. There was a double elimination. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Finally, because for a long time, people were not going home. Now people are being sent home left and right. So I think we've reached a point in the in this in the season where it's like, all right, y'all, listen, we done kept y'all here long enough. We done begged and asked y'all to show us everything you got. If you ain't got no more to give, then it's time for you to go. Yeah. So the double elimination, it always comes every season. So this time it came a bit differently, but it happens and we move right along. Right. At this point, it's like you've shown us all that we need to see. If you hadn't pulled out your best of your best, then it's, it's time to go. Now, really quickly, who do you think is going to be in the top four and why? Okay. Top four, I think, will be Angeria, Lady Camden, Bosco, and I think the wild card is going to be Diabetti. Okay. okay. You heard it here first. Is Willow Pill still yeah. in the competition? Oh, I forgot about oh, Willow Pill. No. Oh, I, that's why I, I want that's a to good win. Sign. That's why I want to win. You, you know what? Willow Pill is like Willow Pill is the person that is flying low on the radar, but high on the judges' radar. So I feel like, oh man, can I do a top five? Wait, can I redo? <laughs> Let me take Diabetti out. Let me put Willow Pill in. I forgot about Willow Pill. Um, yeah, and and I think a lot of fans are really rooting for for Willow Pill to win. She's a silent killer. I, I right. agree. Well, our drag race discussion does not end there. Two years after shocking allegations, one former contestant is trying to make a comeback, but should she? We're getting into the revenge of Queen Sherry Pie next. Queen. Okay, Sherry Pie, the second queen in RuPaul's drag race history to be disqualified on the show. Is she making her return? So if you remember, she was dragged. Rightfully so. Yes, after reports surfaced that she corresponded with at least eight up-and-coming actors, convinced them to send photos, videos, sometimes sexual in nature, as well as take steroids under the fake name Allison Mosey. Here's, um, <laughs> here they are talking more about that on Tamron Hall. There are no allegations. You know, I've admit to my wrongdoings and my... Um, just beyond wrongdoings, just horrible behavior. And um, I don't know if after I do this interview, if more will come forward. I 
I'm here to just apologize. Okay, well, that um, was on Tamron Hall, and we haven't seen that was back that, like in 2020. Since. Yeah, that well, was a while ago. We know that Sherry's listening. I think her burner account tweeted us earlier. So, uh, yeah, Sherry, <laughs> I just I I still think this is so vile. I know people make mistakes, but this is like predatory and disgusting. So, how do you get past this? Well, that's the thing. So uh, she just posted a picture. Of her in like clown drag. Tony Moore, our pop culture and drag race expert, is back with us. What do you think of this latest reveal? Oh, okay. It's a, it's a lot to digest, right? Because it has been some time since, you know, everything has come about, since we were watching that weird season where they were like, she was in it, but they were trying to edit her out as much as possible. Um, so we, we've had some time to digest this. Um, I, I feel like this. I feel like. If you have gone and done what you needed to do in order to better yourself and you have learned what what you have done in the past and you acknowledge the mistakes and take accountability for what you did, then you slowly get a path back into, you know, the world. But slowly. Don't come out yeah. here full force. Slowly. You know, I do believe that, like, we're all human. We're all flawed. We all deserve, you know, at least a second chance. But we got our eye on you. So mm. come on out here slowly. But we watching you. I was about to ask, you know, so many times we see instances like this or that are like adjacent to this pop up. In your opinion, what does like restorative justice look like on this end? Because, you know, the people that came forward were not only very upset, but there's a degree of trauma there. So what does restorative justice look like? You know, if Sherry Pye is, you know, top billing down at Rocco's this Friday. Now, let's not be top billing this Friday. Let's be <laughs> maybe top billing, you know, in a few months, maybe another year. Uh-huh. But I, I think it just I think it just takes us um, as people, as humans, uh, taking a beat and realizing that, like, you know, we've all done something. We've all done stuff oh, yes. that we always hope that we're forgiven for, right? So we have to extend that to other people because if we did something that so many people, you know, didn't like and we want to be forgiven for it and we want to be able to move past and and continue on, we will want that same thing. So we have to give that that to others. Um, so it, it just takes a moment of looking at this person and saying, do you acknowledge what you did? Have you gotten better? Or, you know, are you just out here willy-nilly and you're going to do it again? Um, she's done the work, you know, she's gone and taken care of her mental health. She's gotten, you know, she's talked about it. She's been, I I think, in treatment for it. Um, And she's gotten herself better. So if this is a new you, come out here, but act right. Yeah, I love that wisdom drop, Tony. I love that. Compassion uh, to others, the same compassion you would want others to give yourself. But then do you think she'll uh, get final forgiveness with Booker's uh, promoters, patrons? It is going to take a brave soul to actually say, you know what, I'm going to book you and see what happens. And I think once one person does it, I think others may follow, but it is it is a tight rope, you know. Uh, But again, it, it just takes someone you know, taking a chance and, and allowing her to have that space. I believe at some point um, she did go back and like do like comedy at some clubs or sets or something. I believe I read that in, in an article. So there are some people who are kind of slowly taking a chance on her. Yeah, she'll um, be back. But 
Yeah, it's it. You know, I mean, listen, uh, pick a celebrity that we have to give. I mean, eventually we gonna forgive Will for his slap at some point. Yeah, even though those are different um, uh, identity politics, she'll she'll be back. Yeah. And a slap is totally yeah. different than coercing people up out of their clothes for sexual gratification uh, under this a pseudonym online. Steroids. Thousand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. It was a lot of information, you know, to to at the start of you know the season of Drag Race. Um, but over time, you know, I, I yeah. think the willingness to to forgive should be there. But if she messes up again, girl, that's it. You yeah. might as well find a, a private island. And just live off there, and you know somebody may send you some food or something. But you <laughs> someone know, might that, give her a pie it. in the face, or a little yeah, RuPaul well, redemption. Listen, she gonna she gonna probably get more than a pie in the face if uh, if she act up again. <laughs> Definitely. All right, Tony Moore, thank you so much again for joining us. We really appreciate you as always. Oh, I I always love coming in and talking to y'all. Let's do it again next week. You think? I think that's happening. <laughs> uh, next up, April Fools has come and gone, but some of the pranks have gone viral. We discuss some of the worst ones because I'm so sick of that day. Next. And Char. Yeah, Char Giselle here. <laughs> exactly. That was perfect timing. And you know, I'm so happy April Fool's Day is over because that is my least favorite day. And I'm sorry we're talking about this now. It's just only now are we seeing all the results from all these dumb things Why that happened Why do you hate it day. so much? Because you, you're gullible and you believe everything? I just think it's so everything. dumb to like, all right, it's cute to have little pranks, but pranks can also be really mean. It's just like yeah. mean. I have to admit, I'm with you, girl. I have never been a fan of April Fool's Day. I, I just haven't. And I, I question everything as is, but it's just like, get out of my face playing. Exactly. That's just how I feel. So I did get fooled. <laughs> I, I uh, So I forget this LA magazine or something or LA tourism where you follow this account for like places, cool stuff to do in LA. They said that the Northern Lights were hitting Los Angeles oh, gosh. for like the first time in 40 years or something. And I actually and you were outside I, looking I, at the and sky. And then I, so I shared it with my boyfriend, being like, "Oh my god, can you believe this is going to happen?" And he goes, "Shira, it's a joke. It's April Fool." <laughs> well, you know, I gotta say, I'm highly disappointed because Sarah Palin is back in politics, and it was announced on Friday, and I thought that was a joke. You know, Trump <laughs> endorsed her. I thought that was a joke, but that's real life. What's trending? My company posted something that said Jim Carrey was leaving. Uh, I think that's acting real for too. NFTs. No. I thought that was a joke. Oh, wait, See, no. what's a joke and what's he real? Is, he is retiring, though. Didn't he say that is true? That is true. But he's, he's going to be leaving it to launch his NFT no, collection. I mean, it is believable with Jim Carrey. You know, he's he's can be left field sometimes. King anti-vaxxer. Hey, Jim Jenny McCarthy. Carrey also used the opportunity to plug his upcoming NFT project coming in April called Magic Hour, according to Page Six. He's probably retiring. I've done enough. Not enough because you need to enter the metaverse, right? <sighs> Uh, let's go through some of these just I, I think any prank, by the way, that has to do with pregnancy or fertility, wrong. Well, Kiki Palmer got dragged for that because Kiki Palmer made a pregnancy announcement and she wasn't really pregnant. And so people were like, sister, you know better. Like That's you know one of better. Those you don't do. Others Or I, around death. Yes, death. You don't do sickness. Death. Yeah, illness. You don't do you don't play with stuff like any that. Any stuff like that. Or maybe Someone got fired, or I—I I don't know, or like I'd I'm quitting, say, or I'd even say around gender and sex. Don't come out yep. talking about you trans or that you gay or something as an April Fool's joke. No, uh-uh. So this is what I think was kind of cute, even though maybe this could be a thing. Someone posted they do these uh, DIY things, right? Someone posted Brussels sprouts pops. 
That is disgusting. It is disgusting, but hey, maybe I saw uh, one of my. Yeah, makes sense. I, you know, Creole food is my favorite, and one of the seasoning pages that I follow on Facebook from years ago released crawfish milk, crawfish flavored milk Ugh. in like a jug, and there was also a Louisiana spice bath bomb. <laughs> I mean, that, that could I can be get real. Behind. That could be real. A spice bath bomb? You want cayenne pepper, on- onion powder, <laughs> garlic powder, seasoned salt, and black pepper in your bath, Shira. <laughs> There's always a, a time to try everything. Girl, goodbye. <laughs> yes, stick around right here on Channel Q for more music coming up. Shar Giselle joins me in the studio. Yes, home stretch. Home stretch yes, for me. For a good Monday. And then you're back, what, on Friday as usual? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just Shar sprinkles her way in everywhere. She's like our saving grace. <laughs> Thank you. I like to look at myself that way too. Yes, you are. How would y'all function without me in this <laughs> studio? Know. No, between this and other things, you have saved my booty many times. Uh, but coming up, we're going to be talking about Will Smith's slap that may- might have cost him some money. That's in the tear porn in a moment. Plus, Florida teachers have released or have found a loophole and released it online for the Don't Say Gay Bill. We'll share more about that in 30 minutes. Let's get into some what's trending this hour though right now representative madison cawthorn shared his definition of the word woman with congress and now people are making fun of it online take notes madam speaker i'm about to define what a woman is for you xx chromosomes no tally whacker it's so simple Yep, so simple. No tally whacker. Well, he is from North Carolina, child. You know, that's how they be talking. Right. No <laughs> offense to any North Carolinians who might be listening, but tally whacker felt like he just called me the N-word. That's such a <laughs> such a regional word to say, like <laughs> tally whacker. And the way he said it, yuck. Right, yes. He's an opponent, as you know, of LGBTQ rights. When the Citizen Times asked him about his views on the community when he ran for Congress two years ago, he said that he opposes government involvement in marriage, even as he was engaged to marry his wife. That makes sense. Well, that's what always confuses me, and I'll always say this as well. It's like Republicans, you can't have it both ways. You always say you don't want big government involved in decision-making. Everybody should be able to do what they want to do until it's something that you don't agree with. Then you want government all up in everybody else's business and all Mm -hmm. up in everybody else's pants and households. There's a reason why we're getting government involved when those people don't have the rights. Like, make it make sense, Republicans. Mm. Now, let's move on to some fun News: The 64th annual Grammy Awards that happened last night. Major wins, of course, for Silk Sonic, John Batiste, and Olivia Rodrigo. But let's talk about the community that showed up in a big way, too. Little Nas X performed. He was snubbed, though, in all categories. Brandi Carlisle made sure Queer Love was celebrated as she shared a really sweet kiss with her wife, Catherine Shepard. How was it? I didn't see it. On the red carpet. I didn't see the kiss. There are pictures online. You can check it out. TJ Osborne, who came out as gay last year, became the first openly gay artist signed to a major country music label. Uh, And he gave a very powerful speech about coming out as gay after taking home the Grammy for Best Country Duo Group Performance. For those of you who do not know this song, um, it was written really in response to me coming out. And... And I never thought that I would be able to do music professionally because of my sexuality. And I certainly never thought I would be here on the stage accepting a Grammy after having done something I felt like was going to be life-changing and potentially in a very negative way. And here I am tonight, not only accepting this Grammy award with my brother, whom of which I love so much, but I'm here with a man that I love and who loves me back. 
It's just, I don't know what I did to be so lucky. Thank you. Thanks for the Academy. That was very sweet. I also want to shout out Laverne Cox, Billy Porter, and Lena Waithe and Cynthia Erivo. There was a lot of good representation there last yes, night. Yes, love that. And of course, we are ChannelQ.com for all those highlights. Uh, but billboards are popping up in some of Florida's largest cities, encouraging people to say gay. The messages are a response to, of course, the state's controversial parental rights and education bill that Governor DeSantis signed into law last week. And... Um, the billboards now on display in Orlando, if you're there, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, were led by the Southern Progress Political Action Committee, which, according to its website, seeks to, quote, expose the extremist agenda of Republican politicians. We're going to talk more about a loophole that some teachers found around this bill and how they're going to be teaching in their classrooms in 30 minutes to so stick around for that. But finally, according to NBC News, Ukrainian President uh Vladimir Zelensky said new sanctions from the West would not be enough to respond to recent killings of 400 civilians in Bucha near Kiev. It's just horrific. Uh, He said in a video address last night, there will definitely be new sanctions package against Russia, but I'm sure that's not enough. And here is National Secretary Advisor Sullivan, who spoke about this today. We had already concluded that Russia committed war crimes in Ukraine. And the information from Bucha appears to show further evidence of war crimes. And as the president said, we will work with the world to ensure there is full accountability for these crimes. We are also working intensively with our European allies on further sanctions to raise the pressure and raise the cost on Putin and on Russia. That again was national security advisor Sullivan, who spoke about that today and just the horrific things happening right now in the Ukraine It's really unfortunate and tragic. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Char? Well, I rolled my eyes just as hard as Jada Pinkett Smith did last Sunday at the Oscars when I found out that Netflix has the audacity to be putting the ice on a Will Smith project. Now, what I will say is Will Smith does deserve a slap on the hand, no pun intended, for the slap he put on Chris Rock's face last Sunday at the Oscars. However, Netflix of all companies is putting Will's, uh, he has a project called Fast and Loose that's mm-hmm. supposed to be released on the streamer and in development. They're putting it on the back burner, so they're not canceling it all together. They're putting it on the back burner. I just wish that Netflix had some of this energy for their beloved Dave Chappelle. <gasps> I um, mean, you said it. No, yeah, I really do. Um, but Smith also has uh, something in the works with Apple TV+. Plus. Apple has not commented, but it's a slave escape drama. Who needs more of that? Titled Emancipation, and it's currently in post-production. They're planning for a 2022 release, and like I said, Apple declined comment. And then Bad Boys 4, Sony is an active development, and Smith allegedly received 40 pages of the script prior to the Oscars, mm. but it's now on pause, according to sources. Um, a few other projects in pre-production are likely to do the same, and Netflix also did not respond to the New York Post for comment. Like I said, I know that Will Smith deserves, you know, some type of, you know, um, to be reprimanded, but what we also are not about to do is ignore some of the gross double standards that Hollywood uh, that Hollywood puts up because there's still a lot of coddling of actual abusers and sexual assaulters and all different types of disgusting and transphobia, people. homophobia, yeah, all those yeah. Things. So we're not going to let a slap. You know, Howard Stern comp- said that Will Smith and Donald Trump were the same person. Yeah, I need everyone to relax. I need everyone to take a chill pill and relax because they're nothing alike. Including but yes. after major apologies. Yeah, but to compare him to Donald yeah, Trump, like Howard, like, can, can we all just take a step back and take a deep breath, please? That is the T-Report for this hour. Netflix, get it together.
Okay. Coming up, should there be an age limit to coming out? Well, one lawmaker seems to think so. We're Happy. getting into that. Oh, we just talked April Fool's Day. Next. Good. Right. Yeah. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Uh, this one goes to Andy Murdoch who is 58 and has officially been appointed as the uh, second transgender judge named to California Superior Court. Governor Gavin Newsom has announced the appointment of her as a judge, and this is just uh, a beautiful day. And I should mention second openly transgender, because openly has always got the asterisk. Trans people been here, been doing all different types of things, and people have no idea because we have to survive. And back in the day, we had to be in stealth. Nevertheless, you are right. She does follow... Uh, the election of Alameda Superior Court Judge Victoria Kolokowski back in 2010. She also served as the Chief Deputy Director at the California Department of Rehabilitation um, back in 2020. So this is this is great news. Um, again, she has been a disability rights advocate for years and uh, Kala Kowski, who you just mentioned, tweeted, Andy Mudrick is a great appointment and will be a wonderful judge. I'm glad to finally have a trans colleague on the bench in California. Yay. Yeah. We should also mention she earned her law degree from George Washington University. All right, now. Uh, so, very big deal. And Newsom is scheduled to swear in also the first Latina on the California Supreme Court today. So, lots of firsts. In 2022. Exactly. <laughs> well, congratulations yes. to the judge. Uh, check her out again, Andy Mudrick. Uh, you get our yes Wait, queen of the it, day. Wait, is it Mudrick? Yes, yes it queen. Seems like sub- yeah, it's Mudrick. M-U-D-R-Y-K. Wow. I thought it was Murdoch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not like the Murdochs, not Fox News. Well, Far from that. Mr. Ailes. <laughs> Nevertheless, that's the Yes Queen. Exactly. It's been fun. Happy Monday. It has. Thank you, Char, for joining us here in the studio, as yes. always. And you'll be back very soon. Actually, on Friday, Fridays with Char. Yes. Let me let me rest. Please don't <laughs> you remind get your me. Rest let, now. let me rest a little bit, girl. Tune in tomorrow, same time, live here on Channel Q2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern for Let's Go There. Tomorrow on the show, The Washington Post joins us to analyze the potential confirmation of Katanji Brown Jackson. And could we be on the brink of a new golden era of unions? That and more tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And I love us for real. This is exciting for the first time in quite some time. You and Ryan will be reunited. Finally. It's been days, <laughs> weeks. Uh, stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this where he's talking about in- intimacy and the important questions every couple needs to ask. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 